You are listening to a High Score 510 exclusive. In this week's episode, we give you some select conversations from our Patreon page. If you like the conversations and you want to join our community, please sign up at patreon.com backslash highscore510. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe and send us out to the fam and friends. And uh, yeah, let's keep this ball rolling, baby. Next time I tell my uncle send you Save the testicles. It. I'm serious. Say that. I'm serious. Testicles. Oh, you know I ate them shirts. I, I ate a testicle with your ass there one time. Oh, I heard about y'all in that goat. goat testicle. <laughs> goat goat his, y'all yeah, his raw. Mine's was cooked a little bit. Great great cooked a little bit. I should have known when he came out the kitchen after a minute. It was cooked. His, it was not cooked all the way, man. That middle was cooked. So, Jesus. The outside was cooked and seared. It was good goat testicle, man. Goat nut. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was seared on the It had spices. Man. Raw, they like, yeah. still had hair on it. Salute the vagina. It still had some hair on it. Hey, bro. So my question is, what is the best testicle you had? <laughs> <laughs> In basketball news, the Warriors have been balling since last time we talked. Or not balling, but they're doing better. And it seems to be Steph Curry's MVP coming out party. Um, This time around, though, it's Steph Curry's team, solely his team. Um, There's no differentiation between who is the alpha on this team. My question is, is this opportunity for Steph Curry to be the alpha and take the team, the Warriors, on his back to the playoffs, is this going to be an important legacy cementing opportunity for him or is his legacy already cemented does being a essentially a super alpha dog and getting his team into the postseason or is it getting to the final start i think with uh what happened last year where he you know a couple games in the season got hurt but they were already playing really poorly um without clay thompson um and without kd um you know, it, it, it showed something. And, and there were questions that were being raised about, you know, could Steph Curry carry a team? Um, yeah, and, and a lot of people have contested that. I've seen a lot of people talking shit about him or people, you know, overhyping him. Um, either way, going both both sides. So the question is, in the same vein as maybe like a Damian Lillard, who has carried more or less the Blazers to the playoffs consistently, even though it's usually an A seed um, with, you know, not the greatest team around him. Would this be a, would this cement his legacy just to get them to the playoffs? For me, his legacy is already established mm-hmm. in that he's his identity is based around his ability to shoot the ball. And I think he's going to be one of those players where you can look back at his career and his championship window as it stands right now is is enough for us to be able to see the baseline of his talent. I think that it would be nice and it would maybe give him a little bit more footing in these kind of who's better conversations that we see on all these shows and have online if he were able to carry a team on his own. Um, but I think that even with like KD and Clay and Dre and the championship run that they had and, and that rotating personnel around him, even with those, those, those core key components, like people always knew Steph was legit and Steph could probably carry a team on his own. I feel like, and I I'm personally one who doesn't knock him for having another superstar join him for a couple, you know, finals runs, but I don't think he needs to be an alpha for his legacy to be cemented more. I think he's done enough as is, but I'm sure there's people who say he's had a lot of help around him and 
you know, they haven't seen that to the extent that they have seen people like Westbrook and Dame be able to really carry a team um, from a singular effort, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think he needs it. Well, I don't, I don't think he needs it as far as being the best shooter to ever play the game, one of the top 50 players all time, you know? Uh, I think I, I, I make the argument that he needs it when I'm arguing with people who are telling me he's in the top 10 of all time, right? Like, I didn't get to see the players of the 70s play, but I got to see the 80s and 90s. And, uh, you know, so that gives me another year, you know, another generation worth of players. And I don't think he's top 10. But if you want to make an argument that he's close to it, I need to see him do more. He doesn't have to particularly be alone, right? Like, other people weren't particularly alone. Mm. You could say Matt Johnson wasn't alone, right? Yeah. Not for most of the time, but he still won the finals without Kareem. Uh, so I think his his legacy is submitted as one of the top players in all time, right? There's nothing wrong. I think now we get to a point where we're trying to put players and shoehorn them in the top 10. There's nothing wrong being one of the top 100 players all time. That's that's a great group to be with. That number's going to always continue to grow as long as the sport is still happening. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and you said it too. You say Go greatest shooter of all time. I mean, that's that's his legacy. It's, that it's is going to be legacy. greatest shooter of all time. So to me, mm-hmm. championships, he's already got them. You know, mm-hmm. if he gets more, so be it. It's even that much better, and he's going to be in the best point guard discussion, you know, right now and for a couple more years. So it is. So, see, so that, that, saying, see, that's when I get an argument because when we call him the best point guard, that's the only time I, I didn't say he's the best. That's why he's in the conversation. Let's say LeBron never had his LeBron, right? Will we have a best player conversation, or would it just be Jordan, right? No conversation. For me, it's, yeah. I mean, that's the only person that those are. It's those two in the last yeah. little bit, but. So, so my yeah. argument with the best point guard conversation, this is why I'm one of those people that's argued that Curry got to do more because best shooter all time, top 50 player, maybe top 20, maybe top, you know, 15, right? Right around there, maybe there. My argument for best point guard all time, he has to do more to get close to Magic Johnson. Like for me, it's not a conversation for best point guard time. One of the best, yes. Top three, yes, I can say that. And that that's even hard. That's the conversation. To me, that's yeah. the conversation. Top five right. point guards all time, conversation with Curry there. Because other because you're 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 disrespecting what the what was asked of point guards in the past. Isaiah Thomas to me is the second greatest point guard all time because not only could he score, he dropped dimes, he played defense, he was undersized and he won titles, which he carried the team and scored 32 points in finals by himself and played on injured ankles. And his career average is like 19 and 9, almost 20 and 10, if it wasn't for his last year in the league. But he was also asked to be the floor general and be the leader, right? Which is different than we ask point guards now. We don't ask point guards to be the floor general. We don't ask point guards to make everybody around you better. So Isaiah Thomas' stats are never going to look like what point guard stats look like now. With James Harden stats look like now, with Westbrook stats look like now. Isaiah Thomas' job was to be the game, his clutch player for his team, play defense. You couldn't hide him. He didn't hide. He wanted to guard someone the full length of the court. He, if you watch any of that past game, he guarded the point guard the full length of the court. He put pressure on the ball the moment they got it from the full length of the court. And his job is to make his teammates better. And I don't, we don't ask that of our point guards now. We don't ask them to be four generals. Not all of them. We only ask the ones that can't shoot. Right. And Chris Paul. Three and D guys. So, so, so my argument is, I don't think Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard 
<laughs> I don't think that's the conversation right there. I don't think Curry even fits into that. That wasn't the conversation. conversation. We went from just Stephanie to win this. <laughs> well, to, that, that's to, why I said I, I'm one of those people that Curry has to get more. If we want to make a conversation, I wasn't saying all the time. For, that's I, I, know, I was saying I know. he's oh, being oh, looked oh. at. He's in the conversation yes. right now as one of the best. And I think a, a, a good run with the team right now is going to be good for Steph. I'm not trying to go down that road of saying he's in the all time because it's a it, there's been a lot of people playing. Yeah, yeah, he's top. You know, I'll put him in the top five. He right there. He might be there because his shooting is ridiculous. His I will say that ridiculous. AI's top five all time does look pretty good, but that's see, not, that's something we can AI top <laughs> five. Yeah, see now that one, that one, that one. I might go a little bit. I might put Curry over AI. Uh, do we consider Allen Iverson a point guard? Yeah, I know because yeah, he really switched yeah. it too. He's, he's kind of he's kind of like he's kind of like Steph, except for the 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 pure shooting and three point shooting is that. But he, they brought they brought Eric facilitate. Eric Snow in to run point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they brought Eric yeah. Snow in. and, and right he played the Reggie Miller role, running off screens and then getting the ball and creating for a shot. Yeah, I think Eric Snow somewhere asleep right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played, probably he's that's asleep. how he played, like he was asleep. He's asleep. Yeah. Uh, I think the question you asking, um, does he need to make the playoffs this year to? Con- you know, to complete his legacy. And I would say, this is, this is hard. I would say no, it's going to be surprising. But he's not, I, I don't put Steph Curry because he's just a regular guy. You know, he's, he's smaller. He's not a LeBron James that can dominate and grab rebounds and use his muscles and defend all over the place. I won't, I won't put him, I'll put him like the third, I'll put him behind, actually, if you were playing him as point guard, I would put him behind Stockton because he does not play defense. He does That's not that play true. defense at all. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember the only the only series they lost was because he was the hole on defense. Yes. That's the only series they lost because he couldn't stop uh, Kyrie Irving. They they was they was rotating Kyrie Irving on him. Whoever he was guarding was scoring. He had that fourth quarter, they had J.R. Smith scoring on him. And J.R. Smith didn't even know where he was. To me, I've not seen anybody shoot like this man ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, we've seen that move that Abdul Raouf or whatever his name is. Magic moment, magic moment me on that one. I think you actually think said, you said it right. It right. <laughs> right, but right. Without knowing, without but, knowing you but, said it right. Yeah, so I but what, what was his almanata? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I asked the question is because I was shout out to Todd. I was in I was in a, a debate with Todd about it, and the the issue that I have, oh, or ooh. the thing that I see that I think is different, and we're talking about the different generations of players and the different iterations of players, um, and what makes you know Damian Lillard different uh, than Steph is that um, Steph has been protected by Clay Thompson. Now Steph. I think it is an opportunity to prove that he can do it without Clay. Um, Steph never had to worry about really manning up on the best guard on the other team because he always had Clay to do that. Uh, uh, Lillard is a better defender than CJ McCollum. Lillard ha- is playing with another undersized guard. So, like, he, he didn't have that protection. That's a big thing that people overlook. They're like, yeah, CJ McCollum, we could score. Yeah, we saw what Hershey Hawkins and Gary Payton did in the finals. <laughs> After they ass ran off the goddamn court. We you saw see, what Hershey Hawkins did to you Charles Barkley all got, years. You saw why they got rid of Monte Ellis, because they were like, we can't run Steph with Monte Ellis. We can't have two defensive liabilities in a guard-driven <laughs> right, league. Right, mm-hmm. right, so my yeah. thing is that Steph has has been protected in that way. And, and, and part of the magic of Steph is that he's such a good shooter, but also part of the magic is that he's also an unselfish player who – 
understood. I have so much talent around me that I don't have to do this. I don't have to be the yeah. alpha dog. I can defer and it's going to make everything else better around me. And it's going to make the team unstoppable, which we got to see for three years. Right. I think this is the opportunity that we haven't had with Steph Curry since his rookie year or his first couple yeah. years of the league where he is the best player by far. You know what I'm saying? They brought in Andrew Bogut. Big trade for Andrew Bogut. No one overall pick. They're the center. Build the team around him. They had they brought in David Lee for a lot of money. You know, they brought in talent to put around him. So you now have the formula to, like, just be the alpha on the team that is that is upcoming, and he's the guy that's the driving force. He was the driving force in a big part. He was the conductor in a big part. I'm not saying he wasn't that. But this is an opportunity where he can be the man, and there's no question about it, and he actually has to take on more of the responsibility. He has to take on more of the burden of the team's uh, actual production and and how they actually, you know, what the outcomes of the games are. He does. He's not going to have Clay there to to play the D. He's going to have to play more D. He has to. Be, he's got to become a better defender. I give him credit, but he's got to be the alpha, the alpha alpha. He's not the one A or the one B uh, or the one C that they had. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't. He doesn't get to alternate that game to game. He's got to be the alpha every night, night in, night out. The team is going to go with how he goes. It's not yeah. going to be on Kelly Oubre. It's not going to be on Draymond Green. It's not going to be on, on, on your boy Andrew Wiggins. Now, maybe ideally, you would love to see Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre grow into something where you're like, they can be the, they can be the, 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 the beta, the, the one B. They can be, they can be two. They can never be I highly one. doubt yeah. that will happen. But what I'm saying is that this is the opportunity we get to see. And this is a cool part of the career. And like everybody's career is different. And that's why I say cementing his legacy in a way of, yes, he changed the game. He changed the way a lot of kids play the game. So his cultural impact is, is, is pretty much cemented. We know that. But I'm saying as, you know, there was a time in basketball, there's a time in sports where you had alphas on each team. Each team had their alpha. They might have had a second fiddle. They might have had another dude that was the road dog that was really good with them. But you knew who the alpha of that team was, period. There was no questions about who the alpha on the team was. And right now, this is Steph's opportunity to prove that. Um, and so I want to see... You know what I'm saying? Where he falls in the in in the Herald Halls of when it was alphas that had to prove that they were the alpha of their team and they can get their teams to the playoffs and contend for titles or make playoff runs as alphas, not as super teams that have become the new fad over the last 20 years of basketball, right? Can Steph cement himself and then you know, put himself up another notch or two in some of these debates about the top point guards, the top off guards, the top, sh though obviously not top shooting, but like the top players, top 25, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I've heard people say he's top 10 all time automatically. I'm like, nah, I wow. give him top 25, but yeah. that's fair. I think because yeah, I think that's very fair. I, that's, that's where, that's where kind of my, my, my question was coming about. Not that he hasn't done enough already winning MVPs and titles and being a consummate team player and a leader of the team, but as the unquestioned alpha of a team, what what can you do? Or to protect you on the off night. And that's my thing. Mm -hmm. I want to see. And that, that was what I wanted to see last year. And and we didn't see it. And you know me, Jared. I'm one of those people to me. Injury means nothing to me, right? Like injuries is you had a bad year. Like to me, that's if most people see injury and say, well, he didn't play because he's injured. And I see you had a bad year. You wasn't available for your team, right? Yeah. Mm. So for me, that counts as a year. Like I don't, I don't take no exception into it. Best One ability, less year where you could have done yes, something. The best, yeah. the best ability Period. is availability, right? And so, mm. uh, unless mm. you're shooting like Kelly Oubre this year, um, <laughs> we might need you to not be available. Just turn your phone off and just, uh, go, just go ahead <laughs> and go on your DMs with your old Phoenix buddies. Yeah, um, Kelly Oubre acting like uh, John Starks in Game Seven, Yes, exactly. So, so my thing is, it's like we didn't see it last year, and now I didn't want to see it this year, though. 
That's the thing. I'd rather have seen it last year. I wanted this year the Warriors to be better. So far, he's he's he shot. You know, he's done it the last yeah, couple he of games. He shocked me these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, now the question is, can like, he keep it going without yeah. his body breaking down on him? Because that's also yeah. another thing. That's also another part of the game. One great thing, Jordan's body didn't break down. Carmelo's body didn't break down until he started staring at Kobe's wife with the Lakers, <laughs> right? Uh, Come on. LeBron's body ain't broken down, you know. But these guys are also bigger, and that's the one thing that I will give give him is that he's bigger. Or this guy, these guys are bigger and they're stronger athletes than him. So that's that's kind of unfair in some ways, but at the same time, it is. But then I mean, you can look at like point guards in the eighties and nineties when the game was well physical and violent. Who played eighty two games? John Stockton. John Stockton. Yeah, body didn't break. Well, he missed. He did miss some games though. He did have some knee injuries. He he played a lot though. He played a lot though. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas played a lot until yeah. Carl Malone smacked him over the head and busted his head open. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I always listen to the other play. We don't play basketball, so I get I get like a lot of the things that I listen to from other basketball players. I like listening to I like listening to players and the writers. The right people who was around like at least a generation before me. Like when I think about like I never got to see Oscar Robinson, right? No, you but like and people story. who got to see Oscar Robinson in the I like the stories, but I also like them because they they can be they can be a little more except for the ones from Boston, they're usually more fair when it comes to calling and what they see and and even the ones from Boston, Jackie yeah, McMullen, Jackie McMullen, Jackie McMullen, yeah. Bill Simmons, they can be fair when it comes to what they see on the court. I like that because I mean, sometimes with players and coaches, I mean, all I gotta say is Rafael Palmeira. Rafael Palmeira won the gold glove one year where he played 20 games at first base and won the golden glove for, for first base. And you only only coaches and managers vote for that award. It was just like when the players had the MVP award and they chose someone complete. Do you remember the year Steph won MVP? And that was the first year they did. They organized like the players vote. And none of the players had Steph even in a top three for MVP, even though he was MVP and deserved the MVP. It's just sometimes players are a little skewed. I, yeah, I think I think Steph Steph's legacy is is set in stone in certain ways, um, and he's he's built his career. He's he's on the back end of his career now, but um, yeah, I just think that seeing I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't think he's been asked to do what he's going to be asked to do this season, and that's why I ask, you know, can it? You know, I don't think he can necessarily hurt his legacy, but I think that will if he doesn't, it will leave questions about his legacy, and and, and if he does, then it will further cement his legacy and add more to it steph curry's is uh, all-time great at this that and the other and and he should be held in the same you know uh, he should be held right. in the same standards yeah. that we hold damian lillard we hold other people mm-hmm. i mean what's I, I like to me the only reason i make this argument i feel like steph curry Kawhi leonard there's a couple guys in nba who it's like people can't talk bad about right you can't say anything bad about the holes in eight games or the holes in this like Kawhi Leonard gets by skidded by there was no writers ever write shit bad about and, and I feel like well, Steph is one of those players catch up Aaron yeah like, I mean Kawhi Kawhi yeah. this is just now Aaron. catching up but Kawhi is catching a lot of flack this year he's catching yeah. a lot of flack he's finally catching flack and I felt bad for someone like Westbrook right Westbrook plays the game how I like to watch it. Someone that plays hard. Yes, he takes some bad shots, but he plays the shit 100% every second, right? Mm -hmm. And yet he just caught flack for stat chasing, for this, for that. Meanwhile, he's carrying shitty teams. He's carrying teams with Andre Robinson into the league. Andre Robinson, guys who's supposed to be that that, that clay protector. But Andre Robinson, how was Andre Robinson D, Jared? 
He was like a, a broke version of Bruce Bowen. Exactly. It was. It wasn't even that good. And at least Bruce Bowen could make some open shots. Andre Robinson can't make an open shot. He can't make a free throw. So it's like this guy carrying some shitty ass teams, getting triple doubles, and we give him so much shit and put poke holes in this game. And when he loses, there's some people who I feel like we're always protected. No one brings up the Kevin Durant game seven against the Warriors. He disappeared that fucking year, 2015. Yeah. He had an awful game six, too. He had a good, th- good two quarters and then went awful. No one brings but, that up, but we uh, poke people, holes in certain people. People flame KD, though. I mean, he's still. Well, they flamed him once he did the move to the Warriors. That's when he got his flame. Yeah, that was fair game you're right but before then nobody really talks about the fact that that's another big 3-1 series that that you know. he he was part of the blow look at how he played it was one of the most he played he disappeared yeah but everyone's still gonna question kd's legacy i just think it's fair to question where steph legacy is as as an alpha and what he's gonna do as an alpha but like we're in a we're in an era where having you know a player be the the the, the alpha on the team is is becoming more and more muddled and you have one a's and one b's now so um, but yeah, I just think in the in the landscape of things, yeah, it's just where where will he fall and can he do it? And I, from this week, this past week, like we talked about it last week, we said we need, he needs to just take over and go crazy. He needs to be the one who does it, and he did it, he did it this thing. week. He did it against the Clippers. That's exactly what I wanted to do it. Out yeah, Run and all screens through him, but just let him just yeah. fire away. Yeah, and I think that's what Kerr was taking away from him last year. It's yeah. like, dude, you're trying to get these sorry for these fools. You know that these dudes are garbage cans. Let, yeah. let Curry shine, man. Yeah, let Curry yeah. just do his thing, and that's that's. And, and that's to me some flack right there. That's who don't get flack. I like I like his I like his social and political stance, Curry. I mean, Curry, <laughs> but he don't get no flack for not making no guy. I want to see his adjustments this year too. We haven't had to see him really coach yet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> last, year, last year, last year, right. I argued, yeah, okay. and, and yeah. people argued last against year. me when I said last year he should he if he look. I seen Pop take some shitty Spurs teams after Duncan retired. He took he took two years ago a shitty Spurs team to the playoff. Don't give me the Lamarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. guy ain't never scored inside in his life uh, name, right? Yeah. I, I, he took a shitty Spurs team to the playoffs still and almost took one that was even crappier last year to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, if he wants the credit he deserves, do this, man. Let me see what you can do. Last year should have been your best coaching job ever because these fools were young and needed to be coached. All right, quick hitters, quick hitters. Quick hitters is our popcorn segment where we give a subject and we roast lamb base, talk shit about it, and just uh, give quick takes, hop in when you can. Quick hitters, quick hitters. Quick, 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 quick hitters. Bang, 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 bang. There's a petition that's seeking 500 signatures to have uh, the changing of the name of OG Kush Marijuana Strain to the George Floyd Kush. If you already don't know, they already have a strain of George Floyd OG Kush. Let me show you real quick. <clears throat> the hand. Hear me. Let's oh, see. George Floyd, though. Open up, Max. This is what the people is doing, though. We got to see what the fuck is in this. You got to see what is in. And I'll put George Floyd. George Floyd Kush. You smoking that shit? Well, you don't have to worry about uh, Sam, Sam say his name because, it's, you know, it's right there on the thing in case you forget about smoking. You can see the rappers in the middle of the street after they're done smoking all the weed in it. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to oh, forget Lord. his name. 
Why do people do that? Why do they want to name something after everybody who died? Yeah, uh, sh- shout out to capitalism, sponsorship. My brother tried name. to do that. He wanted some ashes from my dad so that he could put them in a plant and call the plant Jack Frost. But they already have Jack Frost. So like- <laughs> I, look, I don't want I don't want them Negroes in that video to die, but somebody needs to put a knee on their neck for that shit. <laughs> well, I, I figured this, Jerry. If they can make people temples t-shirts like Aaron got on right now, then they could might as well put George Floyd picture on the on the package of marijuana. Dude. What is the heck? Man, it's not people. Hey, man, check your sugar level. I can't get my eyes checked. You know, my sugar might be going up. Everything blurry right now. He was drinking grape or red. Is there anybody else that you think deserves to be on a package of some kind of OG Kush instead of George Floyd? Or would you rather see? I think Snoop and Cheech and Chung and maybe Wiz Khalifa are the only people that should be on. Uh, oh, and Rick James. That's it. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I would go go more of the Prince Purple. I would want on some really strong indica that put people to sleep. Uh, Michael Jackson's Dr. Conrad Murray on that one. <laughs> um, uh, what about what if what if like a David Carradine Kush? Uh, that one, I will put that on a Viagra. Uh, but wait a minute, didn't they have some uh, Bobby Brown back in the day? They got a Bobby Brown cushion? No, it was like Bama. Yeah. They got any gas station sex drugs they could put Lamar Odom face on? <laughs> I'll walk out with that. I'll go try a couple of that. Too soon? Is it too soon to do a Tyler Skaggs uh, weed brand too? No, that's Oxycontin. Ain't too soon. <laughs> you know me, Jerry. I ain't got a problem talking about the dead. I told you that. Tito Ortiz is in some hot water. Tito Ortiz, former MMA fighter, UFC, Pride, uh, whatever else he was in. Um, and hunting, he is the Huntington Beach Mayor Pro Tem. Tito Ortiz is under fire from the city after they confirmed he filed a unemployment claim with the development uh, with the employment development department seeking unemployment benefits while still getting paid by the city. What do you guys think about that? Man, that's that's only this is only the long line of list of things that Tito Ortiz has done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to front. I don't even know who that is, but he sounds like a nice guy. Like, is he like an MMA fighter or some shit? He's a He's former a- MMA fighter who um hap- who had a very public, uh, what is it, uh, very public marriage and divorce with one Miss Jenna Jameson. Ooh. Legends. Yeah. You're you naming legends now. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't catch her when she was still legendary, though. Uh, right oh, here. okay. This is, oh, okay. <laughs> you know how they say you never want to meet a legend? That's what that's what that's what status she was at when they married. She was transitioning yeah, yeah. into into becoming doing celebrity reality shit and so directing rehab. and so, directing uh, more porns than actually uh, acting anymore. Well, here 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 here's what we got to say. Here's what Tito Ortiz yeah Tito Ortiz has to say. Meet your next pillow. Oh, that's not him. Sorry. Tito Ortiz is with the winner, the world's heavyweight champion, Fedor Emelianenko. 
Alright guys. I'm gonna have my interpreter here uh, for Fyodor Emelianenko. Everybody had question of what type of heavyweight you were. You've showed it once on Tim Sylvia in 38 seconds. You've done it again against Andre Olaski in three minutes and 34 seconds. Let me tell you how you're feeling right now. Now, is it true you're coming back in the fall, though, that the fight will be in the fall? Yes, it'll be in April. It'll be in April. Um, I start camp probably around uh, in the beginning of July. So, you know, I'll have another long camp as always. But, but April? Yeah. I mean, I, I train six days, a, actually six days a week, uh, five days a week. I'll train three days a week. Uh, one of those days, I will train two days of the week. So, six days a week, I'll be training. <laughs> You know, lastly, Chuck feels like he stole your thunder, and this is sour grapes from you. Like, uh, it's personal because, in a way, you're jealous of him. How does hearing that out of his mouth fall on your ears? Jealous of him? This guy can't even put a fucking sentence together, man. Are you kidding me right now? He's he's reaching for he's reaching for those grapes. He's trying to make his wine, and the wine's already sounding like a violin with that cheese and wine. Um, We'll see you on November 24th. Um, as you guys get older, is it is it harder to, to get your bodies into the shape that's required to go at each other? Not with me. I mean, I've only been off for a year and a half. Uh, I'm only 43 years old. Uh, I'm an old mature. I mean, I matured older. I mean, very fast. But at the same time, my body hasn't matured great uh, just because of my father's really old. My, my father's 80 years old. My grandmother's 100 years old. Mm -hmm. So my body is in great shape. Well, here we are with Swaldo Babalu. You did an awesome job. So why you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu, getting an awesome submission there. I want to tell me what you see. Let's go ahead and see by the fight what you saw in the ring. You fans tune in. I never let you down until now. I won't start. Tito Ortiz, Fight Hope TV. Check it out. Never let me down until now. Dude, that it goes. There's there's several montages of different things this motherfucker no, has said. No, he's just an idiot. <laughs> you know, this looks bad on the constituents who voted him in down there. What was that Newport or Huntington? Huntington Beach? Huntington Beach, man. That's Orange County, man. That's why I don't fuck with Orange County. Shout out to Tito Ortiz, man. Um, I, I appreciate your candidness. Um, keep being candid and exposing yourself for the idiot you are. Any other things on Tito Ortiz? Nah, I think we said more than enough that needs to be said about this idiot. <laughs> I think he said more than enough. <laughs> I think, I think we, I, I, he, he said, uh, we said, uh, more than enough never been said. <laughs> <laughs> I trained six days a week. Then I changed the three of the days of the week that I, one day I trained two days a week. So then I changed, trained the five days of the week. But then, yeah, I changed, I trained, I trained five days, six days a week. I do like how that clip did have Helen Yee in their interview on him. <laughs> you come back in the fall? Yeah, come back in April. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to start my camp in July. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> Dude, she was thrown off on that. <laughs> April like, Yee. This fool don't, go to, don't know the time-space continuum. Uh, Helen Yee. Her name's Helen Yee. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just we, should, about... we should do a segment called uh, Tito Ortiz reading a calendar. That could be fun. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. He sounds like me when I'm high on shrooms. He <laughs> <laughs> has to be concussed, right? Antonio Brown is back. He is signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And apparently he is living with Tom Brady 
while he gets settled in with the team. I would let him I would let him nowhere near my wife and kids. He's gonna be over there looking like your boy King Nassar. Uh what's his name? King King Nazir. You know who it is. Look him up. <laughs> uh shout out to Antonio Brown. You know, who knows what's gonna happen if this happens here. What's gonna happen is somebody TV. gonna get pregnant. Would not let him near my wife and kids. He gonna be using the N-word, calling people all kind of names. You saw the way he acted in his own house. Around his own children. Around his own children. <laughs> Why the hell you gonna let him around? Tom Brady must have CTE to let that fool in his house. Do you realize how big that house is? I was I was just thinking that unless it's big enough that you could spray half of it and not smell it in other half. It's, it's bigger than your apartment complex. Here. So you trying to tell me you trying to tell me Tom Brady can smear this uh, spray this pumpkin spice in his house, Brandon, without it affecting the whole house? Yeah, I think so. I think he just live, he just live another other other wing of the house. I would like to congratulate the Bradys on their first black baby nine months now. <laughs> I don't believe that that is any any possibility. You think Giselle's going to mess up Tom, being married to Tom Brady? It's going to be the it's going to be the nanny that's going to get pregnant by Antonio Brown. <laughs> so they're going to open up an, uh, another Ace of Spades across the street from Tom Brady's house. Okay, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Someone get his guitar. If Tom Brady could keep him from making rap songs, then it's a win for everybody. The problem was is that it sounded close enough to other songs that were out, but we all knew the motherfucker singing the lyrics definitely had CTE. All the other rappers got uh, got PTSD, and they got SLP, uh, speech language pathologists, working with them to get them learn learn English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God they're the ones who are talking to Trump in this platinum plan since none of them can get their albums to go platinum no more thanks to Spotify and, and all these other music service industries. Yeah, shout out sponsorship. Spotify. I don't think anybody's going platinum these days except for Drake. He's the Taylor Swift of hip hop. He, hey, he, he, he caters to a wide audience. <laughs> he's black. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't want to call him. A, I, he's not a sellout or anything like that. He's black. He just ain't got no brother card. <laughs> well, never. Mind. I don't know how you get these brother cards. Right. I think he's. I think he's looking. Some people born with them. Some people just born with them. Hey, 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 hey! I'm looking at at my Zoom screen here. If you are born north of Albany, you are born with your brother card. <laughs> Albany, New York, or Albany, Albany, California. Albany, California. No, Drake is born north of Albany, New York. That's his problem. You talking about ain't your mama, Lauren. He over there talking about, I don't drink ain't your mama. I need pure maple syrup. He ain't never had ain't your mama before. But he think ain't your mama the woman that, that, that washed him when his mom went to work. Isn't that they're known for pure maple syrup there and Maine? Yeah. yeah. They ain't known for, uh, that's how I said. He don't like know what ain't your mama is. is. He don't eat bacon from a pig, huh? Mm-mm. He eat turkey bacon. They got their own bacon in Canada. And it's just Canadian bacon, it's just ham. which is basically <laughs> ham. And he want a brother card, Drake, please, my ass. You know what? I'll kick it. You give me, you give me Soldier Boy, and that's who I kick it with. And you can keep Drake, Jared. <laughs> you and Drake could go ahead and protest the NBA bubble. I don't know what Drake did to you. Uh, he the same thing he did to everybody else. Make some horrible music. I, you know, I wouldn't go there. Not what Drake did to me, Lauren. It's what God did to me by making giving me a voice that reminds me of Drake every time I open my mouth. You do not sound like Drake. 
in the in my mind, it sounds like I do, which uh, makes me, Drake, uh, and Kermit all got something in common. A lot. You said common or comet? Kermit, Kermit the Frog. Me, Drake, oh. and Kermit the Frog all got something in common. <laughs> when Jim Henson died, let me tell you, if they want to come out the new Muppets movie, they can either if Drake's unavailable, they could get me. All that hate you throwing at Drake, I really think you want to be him. I think that's why your hair is growing. Nah, he can keep Drake. I ain't never wanted to be a Canadian. Now I'll tell you that for sure. I'll go visit it, but I'll never be one. You never wanted to be light skinned? Oh hell no. Nah. Hell <laughs> no. Nah. My mom's dark skinned. Always say I'm I, I still mad at her for marrying my light skinned dad. I was gonna say because you are not that dark, honey. My my mom was dark and she married a light skinned dude. My my dad only liked dark women, right? And I'm mad that she married him. I wanted I I wanted her to marry someone that was dark. I was hoping she'd get with someone that looked like Seal. I think if Aaron was that dark though, he'd be one of those black dudes that dyes hair blonde and pink and stuff like that. And see, I'm not light skinned. I'm high dark. The real reason that Aaron is mad at Drake because he slept with a celebrity that he only dreamed of sleeping with. That's me and Khalifa. I, I was Drake. wondering that. You guys just like, trying to get me started. You're trying to get on, me started. He hates on Drake a lot. And he just too corny <laughs> for me. I don't like my corny. I like my R&B and my rap to be separate. And Drake has has brought in and blended this pop and rap and made a, a mission out of it. And I like my shit separate. And he's just real corny. I don't like the corny brothers like him, Nick Cannon, Malia Obama. You know, the, the corny ones. Cory Booker. What you got against him? You know, those cornball brothers. Y'all kind of look alike. Don't say that now. I mean, I hope so, because then maybe I could get Rosario Dawson. Listen, you about the same skin tone. Oh, because he he light skin and I'm high dark. No, you're burgundy, which is just a darker version. I'm I'm, I'm just on the lighter side of dark. I'm not anything on that. I'm not that middle ground. I'm not that middle ground. I'm dark. No, you're not a lighter shade of brown. I'm dark. You know what? It's COVID. COVID got me looking lighter than I normally am. <laughs> I got that beautiful skin. I look like that that black dude that was in that Janet Jackson video back in the day. Diamond? No, calm down. That's what I look like. Calm down. I'm not going to let you go. No. Where's Reggie White when I need him? Where's Reggie White when I need him? <laughs> I mean, just live. You talk about living up a stereotype right there. It's like, what's better? Being cheesy and corny or living up a stereotype, right? And then sometimes you get both. And then out comes Drake. What did I miss? Yes, I, I was waiting uh, on you. The Hamilton. <laughs> the Hamilton sound bite. Go ahead and play it. So what did I miss? What did I miss? <laughs> Uh, what's up, Pedro? We talking about uh, true kitchen and cocktails in Dallas, and the owner going off on the women twerking on his furniture. What do you think about that? Well, obviously they was playing, um, you know, the trap music, and this is why I tell you, this is why I listen to soul music. Soul me- music calms black people down, gives them some sense of, uh, gives them sensibility. You play that twerk music, like uh, like when Aaron plays "Blow the Whistle." He hits the dance floor immediately. <laughs> you can't count black people down when it comes to those African rhythms. That's where it's it rooted from the African rhythm. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you play a lot of drums. You play any type of drums. You just see black people dancing everywhere. 
It wasn't even Trap Tuesday. He was in, he gonna be in trouble. That's the weekend crowd. Wait till you get to Trap Tuesday. Right. He better be playing elevator music come come Tuesday. <laughs> come on. Well, what do you think the cussing pastor would have said, Pedro? <laughs> he walked into that restaurant. <laughs> the cussing pastor would have like trifling motherfuckers. You shouldn't be dancing with your big jiggly booties all over my motherfucking food. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would have called him out later. He probably would have said this. I don't give a damn what none of you bitches said, and none of you hoe ass niggas either. <laughs> Was the cushion pastor the one that got in that fight? Yes. <laughs> that guy. The dude was like, I'll fuck you up right here. <laughs> no, what's funny is the other pastors started cursing. Yeah. That's the funny they both part. Pastors and they both started, yeah, the other pastors started cursing. He said, like, I paid you to come on your show. You gonna <laughs> give me my time, I'll give my money back. I ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so uh, Pedro, uh, looping you back in, we were talking about the, yeah, talking about that. And then, you know, just uh, what, like where is twerking acceptable? And then where are places where you definitely should not twerk? I'm just. Okay. Um, twerking is acceptable at the strip clubs or any black church where the preachers got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Preacher drives a Rolls Royce. It's okay to twerk in that church. All right. <laughs> Because obviously they worship in white Jesus, which gives you that freedom to repent on Monday and Sunday. Saturday, you sin. Uh, Mike, where is an appropriate place to twerk and where is a non appropriate place to twerk? I'm still throwed off by that answer, man. Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't twerk. I, I, I don't like it when the women, I, I tell the women when I was an usher at Joel Osteen's church, it's like, please don't bring that black stuff in here. I used to say that at the door. I heard yeah, you say that, that right at the door. door. Before I like, hey, all that hollering, hooping and praying in tongues, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Joel <laughs> is the center of attention here, not you. Exactly. You see how beautiful Joel Osteen is? You sit in that chair. See, you see, you want to know the black people that sit in the front row? Because they quiet. Not <laughs> you. Not you. You in the back. <laughs> when we say applaud, that's when you get a little loud. Not all that loud. Oh, all right, I, I'm out of this conversation. Now. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't no usher here. Ain't no Holy Ghost dancing. We don't do that here. Remember, they, remember, Pedro in church where someone gets yeah. to catch, catch the Holy Ghost. They start dancing all, yeah. dancing oh, all no. around the church at the worst times. That that was my favorite part of church. Michael, did you grow up in a Baptist church? I did. I grew up in yep. the south. I grew up with that, and you know, they whenever they feeling good during the song, they get that. I, I remember, there was one lady in particular. She would just run around. She would do laps around. <laughs> that was my favorite part, man. That wake like, me man, up, yo. <laughs> I was juiced when that happened. Like, oh, there she is. Yeah, that's the holy. That's the Holy Spirit hidden. You don't. There ain't nothing like the Holy when the Holy that's Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. And that and white Jesus gets into your soul. And them <laughs> drums start to go, and them pianos start to roaring. It must be a problem, me, because only time yeah. I felt oh, that. Oh, whole, oh, hold on, I'm getting this Holy Spirit right now. I'm gonna that Shanda tongues. The only time I got the Holy Ghost in me like that, Michael, was the first time I laid with a woman. <laughs> I felt the Holy Ghost run through me and out of me. I called my mom. I ain't tell her what I did, but I called her. I called her. I said, Mom, I love you. Listen, missing. I ain't missing home, but I'm missing missing love. That Holy Ghost ran through me. I told her, I know what I know what they talked about now. I, I, I know what Sister Banks meant when she got up and ran around the church. I don't love. I love. 
on from night to night, you find me. Uh, any other places that twerking is not acceptable? That's, I guess, my final question on this. It's acceptable yeah. any place that got four walls and on a, and they send out a flyer to say Trap Tuesday on it. Twerking is acceptable at any place that if one time during the year, during the month of January, they send out a flyer with Martin Luther King on it wearing a flannel shirt. Oh yeah, smoking to a black and mild, smoking a black and two buck naked women, two strippers standing next to him, talking about <laughs> it's the MLK Day celebration. <laughs> Any place that does that twerk is allowed. Wasn't that the twerking the twerking contest? The MLK it was the MLK that. Day twerking contest. At that there point. was something. Oh. They were doing an MLK Day uh, party, and they had him standing next to two strippers <laughs> dressed oh. like uh, Denzel in uh, Training Day. Got <laughs> <laughs> him with the black and mouth into a twerking contest. Yeah, Bruh. I think there's, there's. I mean, twerking. Uh, there's there's only one place twerking is unacceptable. It's and that's at a funeral service. Unless future dies, now future <laughs> passes away, or two chains, or uh, what's, what's the dude's name? I ain't never heard one of his rap songs. Jeezy, uh, Gucci, Gucci man, Gucci man, Waka Flocka. Any of those people pass on, you need to have a twerk session right there at the pulpit as they uh, with the pallbearers carrying them out. Oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about at Meg The Stallion's funeral? Oh, you definitely know this. Oh, you gotta <laughs> have some man, that 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 funeral gonna be lit. It's like Cardi Trey, B Trey and Lorenz be in the front row crying. It's Trey Lorenz. <laughs> That's her trademark, so it's gotta be something. Uh, Trey Lorenz. This magic moment. Tory, Tory, Tory Lorenz. So I'm gonna tell you who Trey Lorenz is. He is the backup singer for Mariah Carey. And he was the one that sang. Remember when she sang, I'll be there? He was the guy that sang. Oh, that's Trey Lorenz? Uh-huh. Oh. He, also had a, he also had a song called a Photograph of Mary. Now, I don't know how in the hell Pedro confused him with Tory Lanez. <laughs> Trey Lorenz, I'll be there. How you confuse him with Tory Lanez. We're talking about a guy. Tory, Tory Lanez, yeah, that's the name. All of them young Negroes, man. <laughs> Pop star acting Negroes can't even <laughs> out there shooting women. You notice I don't know no man's name. No, uh, nobody is not a man. I don't know their name. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let guess we should just move on. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, uh, just remember when you got a restaurant, please don't stand on the furniture and twerk. Uh, or just stand on the furniture or, and on the general. Or, or, or on the glass. I mean, you know, here's a brand new restaurant. They dirtied up his glass, man. Yeah. I yeah. spent a whole day windexing the whole, the whole, all the windows. Mm-hmm. I agree with him totally. We all but I also did. disagree with him, the restaurant order. What part do you disagree music. with? He's playing trap music, yeah. On not a Tuesday. The, the thing is, as I said, did it for the culture. That was for me. I was like, you did it for the culture, but this is part of your culture, man. You can't just like, you can't say you do something for the culture and then say, but it's got to be like beautiful white culture, like uh, standards that you're going to judge your culture by. Because then again, like you're doing exactly what's already been done to us and you're just reconditioning us to feel as though that every component of black culture should be devalued uh, unless it's a, a you know, unless I don't it's mind him. validated by a white sensibility. That's that's just, that's, that's, that's my... I, I, that's, well, that's like the underlying thing. I, I don't mind him saying standing. not the to do that. The problem was he played the music. That was the thing. If mm-hmm. he didn't play the music, like let's say he did have a DJ there, but he's playing more soulful, neo-soul, R&B, mm-hmm. lighter hip-hop, and people just start twerking for no reason, then yes, he should be very upset, right? But yeah, if you, uh, like, don't, 
it's, it's like he didn't think about. But he's also in Dallas. It's a weird place, right? I don't know, Mike uh, and Pedro. Pedro lived there too. You yes. guys seem to be from there. It's a weird sensibility place where you have this like more upstanding kind of Southern culture mixed with the newest hip hop Southern culture, right? Like Atlanta. Like if he was in Atlanta, that shit would be normal. If he was a restaurant owner in Atlanta, he'd probably be upset because they didn't start twerking fast enough, right? Yeah, but right. here, he's like, man, I've been having this music on for the last half hour and nobody twerked yet. How the fuck I'm gonna get people in here? I gotta compete with Magic City on the t- on a Monday, right? You're probably thinking that, but he was in Dallas. You know, it looked like he's trying to, like he said, it's about his food, it's about those things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think he was trying to like exploit and say, man, I want you guys to act like white people. I think it was more or less like, I don't think he really thought a lot about like. I think he had his own little morals and values that was still along his own culture, but he didn't think about how people will react to certain things. Yeah. Well, I think he's just pissed off because he had already told him to stop one time and they didn't. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I get that. I think there's a certain dignity that you can afford to people. And, you know, the just is twerking a dignified form of expression in, in black culture. Right? Maybe is the is the thing that I'm getting at is like, it, are we accepting twerking as a dig- like, you know, what I'm saying like, is that is that just a dignified form of expression or is it something that is a little more uh, done in certain situations and in more of not, not, not taboo, but just more of it. it Like, you know, like gambling, like you don't go, you don't go gambling everywhere. You don't go play a craps game everywhere, but like, you know what I'm saying? If you want to gamble with some people, that's just part of your culture, whether it's white, black, whatever, like that's part of like your, your community culture. You like to gamble, play, shoot some craps or, or or play some one card money or something like that. Like you don't just go do that everywhere. Are you? No. Now now it is. Now it's every, where it as you see jared you just sent me an article where um they had uh what were those what are those things called uh the little trolls mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, that was terrible yeah and they were twerking and teaching little kids how to ride a johnson at a three-year-old <laughs> birthday party oh. just, just go ahead and sexualize everything well that's another just, thing just the hypersexualization of black culture is something I think we've internalized in some ways, but also has been, you know, has been pushed uh, on us in certain ways as part of uh, dehumanizing, dehumanizing yes. historically, historically. Yeah, historically, that, that actually started in the, uh, in the, what was it, the 1800s? Well, stripping but business start, the stripping business started in Africa. <laughs> it did. It did. You got that sound bite, Jerry? <laughs> I think I do. That's, that's the, that's the, only, that's the only good. That's the only good part of that movie. Stripping business started in Africa. Long time ago, long, long, long time ago, white men went to Africa. And he saw these beautiful black women walking around, singing, dancing, working, living in the nude. Fucking naked. You can see they public hairs. Club. Mike, you ever see Players Club? I'm not cultured, man. So you know, no, there's a good. lot of movies I haven't seen. No, oh, that's good. Keep, good. Yeah, but that you should start a list of movies not to see. <laughs> we'll help you fill that out. Well, we can help you fill it out. Players Club has some things. As a as an eighth grader, when I went and saw it, uh, it, it it was cool for me. But then later on, I was like, this was a pretty terrible movie. Jane so Fox, yeah. Jane Fox was getting started out in it too. He got a he got a as a twenty year old when I saw it, I said, this is trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 